Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello and welcome to the Red Men TV podcast today. I am joined by the man, the legend, Mr. James Sutton, by Cal from Team Coppish and by our Ross Chandley from upstairs. Um, Ross, thank you very much for joining us. Callum, thank you very much. And of course, James, thank you for joining us. We've got a kickoff question from Joe Harper on Twitter to get us started. Um, I'm, I'm really interested to find out this one, actually, James. Oh. What's your favourite song when you're drunk? Well, I think it depends on who you're with and where you are, doesn't it? And also how drunk you are explain the different scenarios well different scenarios okay so look look right i'm a, look i'm an actor okay so if i'm really high and really high i'm really hammered <laughs> that was a mistake i'm very very likely to sing show tunes i'm very very likely to sing show tunes can so you, you tap can I, uh, I i mean i i mean a bit i mean I, to say i can tap is probably a bit a bit far you can I, tap better than me i can tap better than you yeah but i mean come on i mean that's not really that's not really saying much is it no but um, I was last the last time the last time I, I was out really drunk and singing. I think we were singing what's that Sugar Babe song? That really great Sugar Babe song. The one that says like whole. No, no, no. I don't know how I feel about you now. Okay. That song. Right. We were blasting that out. <laughs> so that you know. Where was this? Just down my road. Okay. Well, I live right off Lark Lane. I live right off Lark Lane. You see, so all all you hear is people just coming back singing from the pub. So it's like a, it's like a constant sing along every single night when the sun's shining. And Sugar Babes is the one. Sugar I Babes. Never did that. I'm just a Sugar Babes fan. Yeah. Have you not? You know that song though, right? I, I yeah. I've, I've, I'm aware of it. It's an absolute banger. Can somebody back me up? Sugar Babes about you now. Is Sai is shouting from the other room. It is a banger, and he was shouting the name of the song before you even got your words out. To be fair to him, like Sugar Babes about you now. Get get drunk and sing that. I promise you won't regret it. Callum, what's your uh, favourite song when you're drunk? I don't drink, so I've never been drunk. What's your favourite song when you're having a sugar rush? Some from the apple juice. Um... <laughs> <laughs> I'd probably <laughs> the apple juice. <laughs> I don't. Uh, I'd probably say I don't. If I if I'm just by myself, probably Michael Jackson rock review. That's like ah, that is a tune to song. be fairly. Yeah, and if I'm out with friends, ah, uh, are you I saying you're a different what? person when you're out with friends, Carl? Well, I can't play Michael Jackson rock with you with friends because they'll just rip me for it so yeah I, i've got i've got to have split personality um <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll probably say a jay-z song the big jay-z fan so nice yeah okay ross what's yours mate i think james nailed it it depends where you are and how smashed you are oh you know what what level or oh, what mood you're in as well actually you know i could take a bit of 
Pink Floyd comfortably numb. It was just sat by myself, but equally I could take a bit of David Gray or Barry White or Mr. Brightside by the Killers. And um, if, 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 I, know, I know that's cliche, that one, but if you're out in a, in a club and it fucking comes on and you're smashed, you're not, not singing it, are you? No, that and Top Loader are like the two worst songs. Oh God, that Top Loader tune is just the worst. <laughs> it's just... Well, if you're drunk, you're singing it though, aren't you? Yeah, you are. Yeah, mine's... mine's um, I'm a big fan of cover songs, so me first in the Gimme Gimme is Nothing Compares to You or oh, Mandy. Oh. Like, I, I'm, I'm, a, I'm not a tap dancer, but I am massively into ska. So I will be skanking. I did not know that like, about you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nice. You better watch out if this arse comes scarring across the dance floor, by the way, because I will knock you over like a bowling pin. <laughs> um, I have no problems whatsoever doing any of that stuff, which is why I can't wait to go back to the Crazy House reunion, August Bank Holiday weekend that I've got me tickets for. Oh, yes, it is going to be a big night, and I will be requesting Nothing Compares to You or Mandy by me first in the Gimme Gimmies. Uh, I've got one more, one for, for us from uh, one of our club legends, Jive in the Hive, who said, if you had to swap out a major character from a film with another major character from a different film and a different genre and still make two blockbusters, who would you switch? A la Terminator from action into one of the characters from Love Actually. I, I will give you a moment to think about this one while I try and cobble something together. I think I would swap Heath Ledger's The Joker with Moana. <laughs> because I'm liking the the idea of this sort of Roger Rabbit style bad guy in Moana in Batman because I think that would be quite cool and also Joker is a good guy in the Moana film would be quite interesting played alongside The Rock as well I think there's a, there's a, there's a duo that could really you know get people through the doors of the cinemas and stuff like that so go on go on what's yours I, I would I would I would just put Nick Cage in every single film that's, That's what, what he does, isn't it? Well, no, no, no. <laughs> Nick, Nick Cage chooses really, really obscure films. Have you seen his? Well, plays the same character in every one. Whoa, that's that's unfair. <laughs> that's unfair. But every single film needs a little, a little bit of Nick Cage star quality, though, man. It needs okay. a little bit of pizzazz, a little bit of madness. Can he bring the leather jacket and the? From Gone in 60 Seconds <laughs> yeah, as well. Because yeah, yeah, that needs to be in every scene of every film that's ever existed. I watched that film because it's one of my favourites, right? And it's like a guilty pleasure film of mine. And this was like a week ago or something because it came up on the Disney Plus app. And so I was like, all right, okay. 11 o'clock at night, fuck it, I'm watching it. I've not seen it in years. And I, I couldn't watch that scene anymore. I was like, it's too old and it's too just creepy. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah, that's fair. I'd, yeah, I'd put... Um, have you seen... Um, is it Leaving Leaving Las Vegas, the Nick Cage film? Yeah, I think so. Where he smashes up the casino and all yeah, that good yeah. stuff? Yeah, I'd, put, I'd, I'd take that performance and I'd put it into uh, like a Bridget Jones or something. You know, take Colin Firth out and put and put Nick Cage in. So instead of like a really kind of British fight, it's just Nick Cage just going absolutely batshit <laughs> and just smashing the place up and screaming at people. Love that's it. a performance right Love there. It. Has anyone got any other shouts? <laughs> Um, I'd I'll, I'll out, go for um, a take. Go on, Callum. Um, I'd probably take swap Callum. out. In, <laughs> I'd swap out Denzel Washington from The Equalizer into Mr. Incredible from The Incredibles. Nice. Ooh. I like that. It, go the, on, the Incredibles. That's, that's my guilty pleasure film, The Incredibles. Nice. It's a great I'd, film. Uh, yeah, boss. I'd take out um, Jack from Titanic and put SpongeBob SquarePants in it. Just for the, just for, just, just for the pure fact, when shit's going down, someone just goes, oh, who lives in a pineapple under the sea? And 
brilliant brilliant uh, we're going to talk football now anyway so you can mark this at your timer if you want in the comments uh, like, <laughs> like you do every single week uh, we've got loads to talk about we've got five years of Sadio Mane we've got a little bit of Euros chat we've got loads of transfer rumours that we're going to go through on the show but before that uh, I'm going to get the I'm going to get the lads to help me with my Redmen pick specifically James because he's in the room with me and it'll be much easier um, so Redmen Picks is live we did it obviously for every Liverpool game at the back end of last season we've been doing it throughout the Euros uh, you get a chance to win a share of £100 for free by going to redmenpicks.com or clicking the link in the description this one is on England Germany tonight um, so James will England beat Germany yes or no yeah of course they will Ooh, how many goals will England score 0, 1, 2, 3 or 4 uh, plus I think England will score 2 goals ok how many corners will England be awarded uh, more than more than 12 less than 20 4 plus how many will, will Harry Kane score Is that was every- corners right yeah ok will Harry Kane score no how many shots on target will England have Um seven fucking hell how many goals will England will Germany score one how many corners will Germany be awarded six four plus again how many tackles will John Stones make <laughs> um, let's say eight six plus wow how many saves will England goalkeeper make that's Pickford by the way just so you know loads four plus yep will Kai Havertz score no Okay, submit the picks. There you go. It's literally that easy and you could win a share of £100. I might even win because of James' scandalously high picks. And if I do, James, I will be sharing my winnings with you. Thank you so much for that. Get involved. Click the link in the description. We're going to talk now uh, about five years of Sadio Mane. So I'm going to go to you, Cal, first, mate. Um, It's been five years since we signed Sadio Mane. He's been absolutely fantastic for us. But is he the player you thought we were signing, if you can take yourself back? No, he's not. So <clears throat> I was extremely over the moon when we signed him. Very, very happy. I thought it's great business by the club. He's a player I really liked at Southampton. I didn't think he'd be as good as he has been, though. I always thought he'd do really well for us, but I could never have imagined him being such an integral part to us being successful. And especially his first season, he was sort of that that difference maker for us. We didn't really have anyone with pace in the front line before he joined. And he just completely changed the dynamic of how we played, the intensity. And yeah, he's just gone on to a level. I never thought he'd become world-class. I thought he'd be that tier just below world-class, but he's completely um, just exceeded all my expectations. Yeah, I mean, I think I, I'm, I'm pretty similar to that, to be honest with you, Ross. I think, you know, there's no way I thought Sadio would be as good as he is. There's no way I thought we were as close to winning stuff as we were. Uh, and Sadio Mane, for me, Ross, I don't know whether he was, he was the first signing that sort of made us believe that we were going places. Yeah, I completely agree with Callum. You know, I, I think before when you spent that around, you know, around £30 million before under, you know, FSG or recent, recent years in Liverpool, it was, you know, your Andy Carroll's Ben Teke. And there's always that moment where you think, you're going to get a bit, bit stung here or, you know, it's not going to go quite right. He was at Southampton. But not only was he the first signing, he's the first signing that made us believe that, you know, you can go to a Southampton and get a world-class player. I didn't think Liverpool were going to turn out to be as good as we were, not last season, but, you know, leading up to it and whatever else. But you're right, you know, he was the he was the initial cog in the wheel that, you know, made everything else happen. If it wasn't for him, did Liverpool get that top four position? Did he, you know, attract the likes of Salah afterwards? You know, it's all it's all and buts now, but, you know, if it wasn't for him, you know, I don't think we'd be where we are now. 
That's it. And James, I think, you know, that first year he played right winger for us, didn't mm. he? And so I always remember thinking that summer, I thought I thought Mo Salah was being bought as a backup for Mane because he was that integral. He was our best player. You know, I think he might have even been close to, if not, our top goal scorer in that first year. When we he signed, scored, he scores on his debut. Yeah, he was, he was sensational that entire year. When we signed him, and then we signed Salah the season after, did you see it that Mane would move over to that left and be no. just as good? No. I, 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 I mean, similar to what the lads were saying. I, I but, I, but I, I thought he'd hit his glass ceiling. I thought I didn't think I didn't think he had a. I didn't think there was a world beyond him at Southampton. I didn't think he could step up as much as he has. I mean, I, don't, I think you know he's he's surprised everyone with his with his work rate and his attitude and his pace and and also the goals as well because the numbers at Southampton they're not amazing for goals and assists. But for, all of a sudden you put him in a team you know like ours and 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 you know the the, the sky's the limit. Um, and and to have and to have him alongside Mohamed Salah, I mean that's just a masterstroke, isn't it? Because that, that and also in, in front in front of our fullbacks as well. Don't forget because that relationship with him and Robbo, which has just blossomed and blossomed, has just been incredible to watch. And I don't think any of us saw that coming at all. That's it, and, and that that sort of relationship is one of those key things, isn't it? I think for me anyway, you, you know. The, that first season, obviously, is over, overshadowed by Mo Salah, isn't he? A big time, because Salah comes in, sets the world alight. And you're almost thinking to yourself, well, can Mane play on that left-hand side? Because if I remember correctly, it was something like 10 goals. I think, for me, you know, outscored them by a handful of goals, maybe five, six goals, something like that in that first season. And you're wondering if it's just an adjustment season mm. to back, back playing on that left-hand side, which he'd not done for a long time, or whether it's that relationship with Robbo and how that how he works on that left-hand side, or is the team just going to play through Mo Salah? But the next year is when Sadio Mane comes back to the forefront, isn't it? You know, he goes on, he, he's, he's since won the, the golden boot for the Premier League with, um, with Salah and Aubameyang, was it, I think? Cal, um, yeah, and then, and then he just continues to do what he did the previous year, essentially from that right wing position. And then we've got that three, and they tear the league apart, don't they? And it's it's when they become a three, and when he plays with Robbo, that you start to see how important and how much of a world class player Sadio Mane is, Cal. Yeah, definitely. I'll, I'll be honest. When we signed Salah, I had watched him quite a lot since he left Chelsea. I watched him a lot at Roma and Fiorentina, and when we signed him, I was salivating because I was just thinking teams don't realise what's going to happen to them now because Salah was devastating at Roma, especially when he played with Dzeko. So I always knew that Mane was going to move out, be moved out onto the left. And he played on the left a few times at Southampton and he, he looked shot. But again, I still didn't expect him to hit the same heights. I always thought Salah would score loads of goals because that, that was his game at Roma. But when Mane and Salah clicked, I, I think it was... So the first season when Salah came in, Mane kind of got dropped a little bit and started to become a little bit of a rotational player because his form was up and down. I think it was those Man City games in the Champions League and maybe the one in the league. That's when, for me, everything really clicked. And I was just like, he fully understands that role now. Robbo's in the team and they, un they just get what they're doing. And Mane just went on to a different level. And then... 18, 19, 19, 20, he was, he was unplayable. And I, I went on record a few times, and I know people love your Neymars of this world, etc. I wouldn't swap Mane for any other left winger in world football. I think he's that good, and I think he offers so much more than goals that, for me, he's, in those two seasons, he was untouchable on that side. Yeah, that's it, Ross, isn't it? What's, he, what's his favourite attribute of yours, Ross? Um... 
I mean, when it's, when it's on the pitch, it's obviously his pace is devastating. I like the fact that he can just stand still and then goes past the player and like his aggression. But as James was talking before, I think a lot, a lot of things on the pitch are great about him. But him being moved over to the left and not sulking, not kicking up a fuss, I think it's a testament to his kind of character. Just kind of, you know, he's, mm. he's quite a humble guy, isn't he? Okay, Sam will get the job done. He could have had his nose put out the fact that Salah was coming in and he was being moved. But I think he's drove healthy competition, despite what, what people say. And there's the incident at Burnley, you don't pass to each other sometimes. The forwards, they want to score goals. I quite, I quite like that. And I also quite like the stuff that we're seeing in recent weeks, you know, the fact that, you know, he's, he's humble enough to go and buy, you know, help fund hospitals and schools and stuff. And, you know, where he kind of comes from, he's not, he's always said, look, I don't want flash cars. I don't want this, don't want that. That's what Liverpool do. You know, don't just want to sign players that are coming towards the peak, sign players that aren't, aren't knobheads, basically. And like, I, I love that about him. Um, but again, again, on the pitch, you know, despite last season, you know, Twitter's not the barometer for anything. People losing their team. He's gone shit. He hasn't gone shit at all. He's, he's, he's knackered. So hopefully he gets a big rest and we can see the money, you know, previous seasons. But I think it's it's his pace for me. I think he's just, and his drive, he's just, he's just devastating on his day. Yeah, go on, James. No, no, I completely agree with everything. And his, and his balance as well for me, like when he, when he's when he's moving at full, you know, at full pace, and there's people getting in the way, there's tackles coming in, there's legs coming in. He's got the, he's got that ability that, that, that some of the, the the best players in the world have of just being able to ride a tackle, skip over someone, shrug somebody off. He's he's a he's a he's a really powerful, he's a really powerful, solid player, and also the ability to cut in and, and, and score as well. I think you know, I think calling him a winger is doing him a bit of a disservice. I think he offers a lot more than that. I think. You know, he drops deep. You know, he can he can he can come into the center and pick the ball up. You know, he's not he's not afraid to you know to, to make things happen. You know, he's, he, the the job that he was probably brought in to do is not the job that he's ended up doing, which I think is probably fair for for for, for all of our front three. You know, that that is that kind of interchangeable play that he that he's part of is. I mean, yeah, I mean, you know, the the, the, tr- the trophies and the awards and the plaudits speak for themselves when it comes to Sadio Mane. Yeah, same, mate. I mean, I, one of the things that I love and, and Ross sort of mentioned is that ability to stop start. Yeah. You know, he goes from completely still to pass the man before they know, they know it. And when he's at his absolute best, he's enigmatic, isn't he? You just have no idea what he's going to do. And I always think, like, you know, when you play footy with, with people, like, when you get to my age and my weight, right, you can know what someone's going to do and not get to them. That's just what happens when you get a little bit older and fatter. But like when you imagine yourself playing against like a Sadio Mane, you would never know what he's going to do. It must be so frustrating. By the time your brain had engaged to be like, right, he's gonna, I'm going to tackle him there. He's, all, he's, yeah, he's over he's there. I'm like, my only chance is to basically like hope that the field's like Mossy Hill where it's downhill like that and essentially do what that fat kid in, in Hook did where he goes and barrel rolls down and see if I can catch up with him like that and try and knock him over a la a bowling pin. That is a wonderful so, reference. I love, oh, well, you've got to love Hook, haven't you? I, I'm sorry to that lad. I didn't mean to skit him either. That's not that's unfair. Um, but it is what it is. Um, what is your favourite goal of his then? God, there's so many. I mean, the, the, I mentioned his, his debut um, before. You know, I think he, I think he scores the winner on his debut, um, which is you know he lays down <coughs> lays down a marker for what he's capable of. Um, the goal against Everton. Um, he scores against Everton in the. I think it's. I think it's. Is it last year or the year before? Year before last. Nicks the ball off Richarlison. Pass, so many goals against pass, Yeah, there's, 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 one, there's one that he's, he starts the counter-attack. He nicks the, nicks the ball. It's at home. Nicks the ball off Richarlison. Runs the length of the pitch with Andy Robbo. Slides the ball into him and he just fucking wallops it into the bottom corner. Um, the goal against Bayern in the Champions yeah. League as well, yeah. which was kind of you know that was the the sort of the you know the the, the straw that b- broke the the German camel's back. Um, 
I mean, God, there's there's just so many, aren't there? I think yeah, th- those those four are my favourite. Which of his 97 goals and 218 appearances in a Liverpool share, Callum, is your favourite? Oh, he's got such a collection. I think for me, it's probably his debut goal because that's when he kind of arrived and it was a celebration of Klopp and the rest of the players where he just jumps on Klopp's back and even Klopp's almost like, wow, what have I signed here? Like, I've done it again. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a genius. Look what I've, look what I've done. Um and yeah, it was just it came out of nowhere as well. And he starts on the right, he cuts into players, top corner, debut goal. The fans are there behind the goal as well. Just had everything. That that that's the one that stands out for me. I just can't see past the Bayern Munich goal. Yeah. I, you know, I was there I know, for a start and, and and being there and seeing him do that. And Manuel Neuer <laughs> was just sensational. Like you just you're yeah. not supposed to go to the Alliance and dick him in the eye like Liverpool did that night. It was just <laughs> absolutely fantastic. Ross, what's your one, mate? Uh, it's hard to disagree with the Munich one. I'd also go the Everton one, which I think was ninety plus four just before Christmas, which wasn't the best oh, goal, yeah. but it was against Everton when they were throwing flares onto the pitch. That was that was good. Um, oh, and if yeah, not the that one, smoke was in the background, wasn't it? Yeah, and Lovren oh. comes out of nowhere. Like, Lovren comes out of the midst. Uh, yeah, yeah, for yeah. a bread of a goal, <laughs> yeah. that one. Um, and then if not that one, uh, I would have the back heel against Watford, where he back heels oh. it over the goalkeeper. Um, yeah, sensational. Yeah, I am. Um, Sai si in the comments is saying 90 plus four against Everton for me. Um, we've got Phil D saying absolute supreme athlete in Mo keeping themselves at peak. Fitness has been so critical to our recent success. Imagine having some of the bodies we have in midfield and defence up front. Uh, Dr G Jenkins, love Sadio, favourite Liverpool player. Him turning Ericsson inside out in the Champions League final. No, yeah, Neymar, goodness me, he's had some moments. You'll never walk alone. He, he, scored, he scored in the Champions League final that we lost. Didn't he was he? the best yeah. player. On he the was, pitch. wasn't he? He was fantastic in in that match, and he yeah. scored. Hit the post. Yeah. He was. Well. Th- that was one of his best performances for me. I mean, that was like all action. It was everything. Yeah. Like it felt like you know. Not in the same way, but because obviously it didn't come to fruition. But the way Steven Gerrard used to drag us through games, I felt like Sadio Mane was trying to do that in that Kiev final. Like, and when everyone else's heads kind of dropped because of a certain goalkeeper, Sadio Mane just was a force of nature because. And especially with, with Salah going off injured, he had to be. And he stood up and he was counted. And that's when I knew for a fact that he was going to go on and be world-class for a long time. But, you know, we did have his struggles last season, didn't he, Ross? Uh, you mentioned them a little bit earlier. But I think people sort of low-key didn't get on to the fact that he was brilliant towards the end of the season, Sadio Mane. And I don't think we get third in the league had it not been for him turning his form around. No, I don't think um, at the time it's hard when you're a fan because you're just so frustrated with everything else that's going on with defenders getting injured and results not going your way and equal performances. You look for kind of, not scapegoats, but reason why things are going wrong. I think Manny might have been one of those. You know, he had several chances to score loads of goals and miss some clear cut ones. But I don't really appreciate as footballers can be mentally tired as well as physically. You know, so someone mentioned it in the comments there. You know, if Manning and Mo got injured at some point last season, we would have been even more fucked than, than we were somehow, you know, how that happens. So to ask them to go again and again, and again, you mentioned the, you know, the rapport he's got with Robbo. Well, he's got rapport with the midfielders, you know, and, mm. and Virgil van Dijk, for example, you know, that Bayern Munich goal's perfect, you know, long ball over the top. Nat Phillips and Reese Williams aren't doing that because we don't expect that of him. So he's losing rapport and synergy and, you know, and chemistry with, with previous teammates, but we're all expecting the same standard of him. Now, I, you know, at some point, I, I feel sorry for him, but 
like I said, it's hard to it's hard to marry frustration and you know you're top of the league at Christmas and you and you're dwindling down. You know, you could, I think I think you can be critical of him in some points, but I don't blame him for you know Liverpool falling apart at some point. And like you said, towards the end when we got we got that chemistry back and our fucking midfield back, it was no surprise that we got our forwards back as well. Yeah, there was something on the official Liverpool website actually on Sadio Mane's five years. It was an in, it was an interesting. Um, talk piece with Peter Kravitz mm. and what he was saying was obviously it's a big it's big that he has that relationship with Robbo but he actually said look it's about the triangle it's about that left sided midfielder as well and I think we all know that when we watch the football that it can't just be two players you need that overload guy as well and it made me wonder about this season James and you know the fact that Genie Bayern Aldum's been that third guy in that partnership down that left-hand side for so long, who's going to take that role and how long do you think it will be before, you know, they're up to speed? Thiago Alcantara. You think he moves to that left-hand yeah, side? Yeah, I think that's I think that's why he was brought in, truth be told. I think they, you know, they... they he they, penned on the right. Yeah, yeah. They they, they acknowledged, you know, <laughs> some time ago they were going to lose Ginny Wijnaldum and, and I think, I think the, the contract negotiations, I think, officially broke down quite some time ago, despite, you know, all the kind of noise in the press and the media about, you know, trying to sort a new deal out for him. I think they knew and I think that's why they brought Thiago in. And I think he, and I think he fits the bill perfectly. I think it's a diff, I think it's a different kind of energy, but I think in terms of nicking the ball off people, turning, getting your head up and playing a pass and starting an attack and play, or playing with you back to goal, I think, you know, I think, I think Thiago fits the bill perfectly. And I think, I think that triangle. I don't see. I don't see a problem with that at all. No drop off whatsoever. No, no drop off at all. And I think you're right as well to reference. You know, all the, the kind of the the the, the criticism and anything that's been levelled at really any of our players over the past twelve months. You know, this past season's been a complete anomaly. You know, I don't. I don't think it's. I don't think it's fair to to say. Oh, so and so's passed it. Or you know, I look at you know look at you know Bobby Firmino's drop off or whatever. I don't think it's. I don't think it's fair. I think we have to. I think we have to. You know, look at the next season going forward. See where we are by you know by January, and I think that that's a fair reflection of where these players are because you don't just stop being world class. You know, if you're Sadio Mane, if you're Mohamed Salah, if you're Roberto Firmino, you know you don't, you don't just you don't just go. I, I'm, I'm fucking, I'm done, boys. You know that's me. It just doesn't happen. You know, it's, it's 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 a much more gradual thing. And I think what we saw was a was a real, just a complete flip, 180 from being this 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 force of nature, this side, to being one that was just looked really fragile, really weak. Um, didn't look, you know, the synergy that Ross mentioned just wasn't there at all. And so I think going forward, it's, you know, it doesn't, doesn't worry me at all. Cal, where do you stand on sort of on sort of that? Because I think for me anyway, you know, the, we all knew the reasons why Liverpool weren't great. We we talked about them. Did we get bored of talking about them and then just decided to blame the players? Yeah, I think so. Um, don't, don't get me wrong, um, Mane. I think. The difficulty that Mane, Salah, Virgil, Trent, all these players have is at their best, they're almost unplayable and they are, well, for me, not probably, they are the best players in their position in world football. So even if there's a little drop-off, it seems as though there's a massive drop-off because the numbers and what they do on a on a season-to-season basis is so much better than what others do that anything lower than that, it seems as though it's not as good. For example, Salah's first season, he got, what, 30-odd goals in the Premier League. The next season, I think he got 20. And people were like, oh, well, he's dipped, he's declined. Well, 20 goals in the Premier League has never been a decline or a dip for anyone. Rashford has been talked about having a great season this season. And him and Mane pretty much had similar stats. So I think the problem is that because our players perform at such an optimum level, that anything below that 
people automatically go so far the other side and say, well, no, they're absolutely rubbish and they need to leave. Like, I'll be the first to say I think Mane had a pretty average to poor season overall. But when people were like, yep, cash in now, get rid of him, I was just like, whoa, like, <laughs> this be easy. I think he deserves at least one more season to prove that this isn't a decline, this isn't him finished. I think every player in world football over their careers, maybe barring Ronaldo and Messi, have had one or two seasons where you're like, yeah, maybe that wasn't their season. I think Mane, now he gets the break. I think everything sort of settled with him. I think next season we'll see him back at his best. Yeah, hopefully. Hopefully you're right. Uh, we're going to move it on then. We're going to do a little bit of talk about the Euros before we get to some of the transfer rumours. Um, so, the first one, I'll come to you, James, on this one. Shaqiri to Lazio. Mm. Um, looks like they could be interested in Jaden. You happy with sort of 13, 15 million quid for Shakiri, or would you keep him around? It's difficult, isn't it? I, I, look, first of all, I, I really, really like the player. I've always liked Shakiri. I think, I think it, to have to have a player of that calibre on the bench, you know, I think is coming. And, and, and for the performances he's put in against, you know, there's that famous performance against Manchester United when he comes, you know, when he, when he runs them ragged, you know, he's, he's got that and he's got that ability. He's a very tricky player to play against. Having said that, um, you know, you're never going to, you're never going to displace our, our front three. You're never going to have a consistent run of games. And I feel he's at a stage in his career now where he, I think he needs to move on. Mm. I think it's the right move for him. And I don't think the club would stand in his way. And I think, I think a team like Lazio, I think the pace of that probably suits him. I actually think he does bits in 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 the Italian league. I think he does really really well over there. Um, I think it's I think it suits him. I think he'd be a standout player. I think his pace is is he's still got the pace. He's still got the ability. He's still got a shot on him with both feet. Um, yeah, I think it's I think it's a good move. I'd be really sad to see him go though because I think you know I like you know out of there's been times this season when I think our bench has been pretty pretty piss poor, but I think having Shakiri there, I think for me. You know, he's been one of the kind of shining lights of, of our sort of squad players, if you will. It's a mad one, isn't it? Because I speak to so many people, James, and, and like about Shaqiri, no one thinks he's shit. No, he's no. Everyone can see he's a good player. Yeah. I just always thought he never really suited the system. And I, I saw that even last night in the Euros, which I was supposed to be talking about and skipped ahead to the transfer stuff. <laughs> um, you know, he just he's not a work rate player. No. And he's not really a Jürgen Koch player, but you think for the price that we paid for him to get that type of a play. I mean, you know, I keep going back to that that assist for Diogo Jota. It's just a slide roll pass. He's got that in his locker. You can change well, the, the, the assist for uh, Wijnaldum against Barcelona. You know, it's him who gets that crossing. You know, he's, he's you know he's he's got that in his locker. But yeah, everything you everything you say, and I agree with mate. I don't I don't think he, I don't think the I, don't, I think it's I think it is the work rate, and also I think it's the his ability to adapt and 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 playing sort of slightly different positions. You know, going forward, he hasn't he hasn't got that. He is quite a specific player. But if you get him in the right team in the right league, I think he I think he'd do really really well. Is there is there an option here, um, Cal, for? Harvey Elliott to take his place in the squad or do we need to sign another one for those players to back those players up at the front? I'm Sandra and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for but you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role like me. In a given month over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. 
Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Yeah, I think we need to sign another one. Um, I, I love Harvey Elliott. I think he's going to be a star, but I, I wouldn't want that sort of pressure on him so early. And I think with Salah and Mane, especially considering how much football they played in the last few years, I think we need someone who can actually come in and not only challenge them, but give them a chance to actually have a rest and rotate. And I think if you push Harvey Elliott into that position, I think you're asking a lot of him because if he doesn't perform to the to the standard that we need, again, it's it's us as fans. We're going to just pile on, and I think we're not very patient as fans anymore. And especially for a youngster, I think it could be detrimental. Plus, I, I think Harvey Elliott's best suited to play in the centre for our particular system because. I think you need to have a good amount of pace to play on the wing for us. And I, I don't think Harvey Elliott's got that sort of burst of acceleration and speed. But I think in the middle, I think Harvey Elliott could be devastating. That's really interesting, actually. What are the... Do you, do you mean as a number nine? No, as a, as a sort of as a eight slash ten. Um, I think, and again, not straight away, I think Harvey Elliott's creativity. I remember him playing against Aston Villa back when we had the Club World Championships. Yeah. And I think we, we had to play like our under 18 because obviously the the FA, et cetera, tried to, to mess us about. And I think even though we lost that game 5-0, I think he still was the most creative player on the pitch. and He was, only, he was what, the best 16, player on the pitch. 16. Yeah, that as well. So when I see stuff like that, I think you put him in the centre around better players, I, I think he thrives. And even at Blackburn, he was what top assist maker for them and one of the most had mo- one of the most chances created in the league as well, I think only behind Buendia. So I think him playing through the centre in the future would be absolutely devastating for us. What struck me about Harvey Elliott at, at that game, because I, I was at that game against Aston Villa, was mm. him talking to the crowd and trying to G the crowd up and G the other players up. And you're looking around going, you're a freaking kid. And yet, mm. clearly he was the best player for Liverpool and he was a leader and you, mm. you sort of go... It's those little things, isn't it? It doesn't matter if you get beat 5-0 in those games. You take something from the game and you think, I'll remember that. That'll be important in a few years. Make sure you remember that, Chris. Please remember that. Because they're the types of things that you learn about young players and stuff, aren't they? The Villa Villa players were terrified of him, by the way. He was the only player on the pitch. They were absolutely terrified. Every time he got the ball, he'd get his head up. There were step-overs. He was looking to play through balls. He just didn't have anyone around him that could kind of do the things that he needed to get into the game. But he was... I was there as well, and he was, he was, he was, he was, he was a real positive that night. He really was. We went away just wow, yeah. what a kid we've got here. Well, is he going to be like a new signing, Russ? 
Don't. <laughs> Don't fucking set me up like that. Um, I, I, I agree with, with, with parts of what Carl was saying there. I, you know, because when people are talking about someone to kind of help the front three and ro- rotate them, well, it's Jota, and it should have been Jota last season. Had he not been played in the game, it didn't matter, and getting injured for two months and further out of frustrations at what's going on. But also to James's point, at least point you're not before, holding a grudge, eh, Rush? <laughs> at least you're not yeah, holding a grudge. I've let it go, it's fine. Um, but to, to, to James's point before, even on the Shakiri stuff, I'd like, still want someone in because, you know, I don't think the frustration could be directed at anyone in particular, but it's not, and it's not Shakiri's fault, as you said, because he's an assistant player. But the amount of times that, you know, I looked at the bench last season, and like, nothing, like, it's great having Shakiri on the bench, but yeah, like, five minutes here, four minutes there. There was one point where he came, came on at the sidelines and they even got on the fucking pitch. Because it was just, mm. it was just, it was just for time wasting. We should be at a stage now, and we'll have that when we get players back from injury and other new signings and new centre backs of coming in and looking at the bench and go, actually, we've got two, three options. Now, Klopp's come out and said, well, I've not played Cates, I've not played Chamberlain because I've changed too much already. Simicast didn't get a game because I'm changing my centre back partnerships twice a week. You know, at one stage, and I said before, Jota was injured, but I want to see, want to look at that bench or or rotation in games and have different options, not not making up numbers, which I felt like to me, Shakiri and Origi were doing. If they go, they need replacements for me and better replacements. Yeah, and I think it's obviously not something that's been talked about in the general sense, but like you only need to take in Shakiri's kit and just a little bit at the sides. And you, you sorted that, aren't you, for Avielli? You're not even having to buy... Because there's a new kit, man. <laughs> so at least we don't have to go and... What? Just wear these lads. You just need to take him in a little bit. And it's just funny where your brain goes sometimes, Chris, that that's the talking point. We're going to save a few quid on kits for Harvey Elliott because Shakiri's gone. I think it's a good point well presented, to be honest with you. Um, if you haven't subscribed to the Red Men TV, please do. <laughs> Quality analysis that you just don't get anywhere else, apparently. Um, and yeah, Fuck you. Um... <laughs> Atavia, 40 million Porto release clause. It ends tomorrow, Callum. Are Liverpool going to sign this guy for 40 or are they going to wait till it goes up to 60 million euros? Or is it just a crock of shit? No, we're signing him. We're going to sign him at 50 million. I'm joking, obviously, guys. No, we're not. We're not signing him. I thought you you knew something then, Cal. You you looked at me like, oh, this is the last time we're bringing him on. Um, No, no, we're not signing him. We're not signing him. Is it a player that you'd like us to sign? Uh, to be honest, I've not watched much of him. Um, Drifty was speaking about. I mean, that's why I went with you for this one because I knew me, <laughs> no. James, and Ross didn't have a clue. <laughs> yeah. Drift, Drift that was unfair, but not Coutinho. entirely untrue. <laughs> Drifty said he reminds me of Coutinho, but from what I've seen, he he doesn't remind me of Coutinho. I, I just think he's a good player, but I don't see where he fits in with us or us buying him. Okay, well, we'll move on from Atavia then, because I don't think it's going to happen either, to be honest with no, you. I think there's bigger priorities as well. You know yeah. who Harry Wilson is, though, yeah? I've heard of Harry Wilson, yeah. He might be going to Benfica, you know. Well, what do you think about that? I think that's great for Harry Wilson. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I look, you know, he's someone that we've, we've talked about and, and, and very fondly in the past. He's a player that, you know, has got has got immense talent, but it just can't, it just hasn't worked out for him for, for, for a number of reasons. I think a move to Benfica is absolutely spot on for him. How, is, is there a price being quoted? Is it around 15 million, Rush? Fifteen million for for Harry Wilson's a great great bit of business, really is. He's yeah, nowhere I, near what what he was, Ross is he? Because I mean, it was twenty million that Liverpool wanted a couple of years ago. I think that's a, that's a reflection on his contract running out. The, the player and probably the COVID market, you know, and, and that's part of the problem that Liverpool have had. 
pre-COVID, the same with Vivica Rigi of holding out for, for certain fees. They went to, to see a, a pandemic, but you know, that's where it's going to bite them in the arse and kind of see Vivica Rigi for 20 million pounds. I think a lot of us would probably take 10 to 15 for him now because yeah. that, that, that's, that's kind of the market. But like, I agree with James and Harry Wilson. It's not going to work out for him. His value is only going to decrease. You know, if he goes out on another loan, what, what's the point? You know, if he's, if he's going to stay at Liverpool, not get any games, what's the point? You know, are we going to get more funds for Mbappe? Then it's fine. It's fine with me. <laughs> we need them. And look, listen, like, he's getting handed out of France, isn't he, Callum? So yeah. we may as well be waiting with open arms. Yeah, I've filled up my petrol. So whenever he's ready. I'll go pick him up. <laughs> You're going to go pick him up from Lime Street. Yeah, yeah. Are oh, you taking Harry Wilson with you? <laughs> yeah. Wherever Mbappe wants to go, you can sit at my Fiesta and we go. <laughs> luxury luxury driving. <laughs> do, do, I used to have a Kia Picanto, right? You know what a Kia Picanto is? Tiny little car. And through this, one of those random days, I went to pick D'Lo Brown up from the WWE, <laughs> right, from the Nation of Domination, and he was staying yeah. in the um, the Beef Eater on Queen's Drive, uh, opposite the Jolly Miller, and I went and picked him up, and he had to climb into the back of my Kia Picanto, right, and he was like, oh, are you all right, lunch? <laughs> like, it was just one of those surreal days. Where I, I'm, go, I'm gobsmacked that you've D-Lo. never told me that you had D'Lo Brown in the back of your Fiat Picanto. <laughs> Theo Brown was a dude. Mate, yeah, he's a legend. He's been watching Redmond for years and years. Yeah, and he, big he, he'd fan. reached out through DMs to try and get in touch. Massive Liverpool fan. He'd come over, I think it was for a Chelsea game. There's a video on the YouTube channel of, it, of him doing a, a match reaction and, and saying that he hates Jose Mourinho. Like, but I picked him <laughs> up and we bloody Kia Picanto to take him to the game. Like, And he just couldn't fit in the back of the car. He was fucking huge. <laughs> Oh, what a guy he was, though. He was such a nice guy. I like. bet, he was I bet. such a nice guy. Brilliant. Like. So there you go. Um, if I can get D'Lo Brown in the back of my Cape Cancer, you can certainly get Mbappe in the back of your Fiesta. 100%. Later, what I'm trying to tell you. Um, so we'll move on then. Kingsley Coman, James. Linked with a move for him now. Think this one's going to happen? No. <sighs> I'm sorry, I don't, I don't, I don't think it's going to happen. News, so are, we, are we ever going <laughs> to sign anybody? Yeah, but look, the, the 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 way that Edwards has done his business over the past few, you know, the past sort of four or five years, you know, all, a lot of the rumours that have been going around that they, they they don't come to any fruition. They've already got a plan. They've already identified these the players that Who? they want. I, I don't know. Oh, well, that's well, well, that's well. the way they do their business. We don't know until suddenly it just happens. But I want to know. I know you want to know, and so, and the audience wants to know, Chris. But so we can't help for them. them. We've got nothing for them transfer wise. Oh, for fuck's sake. I don't want to burst but your would bubble. Would you like but... Kingsley Coman? Yeah, I'll take Kingsley Coman. I'll take anyone right now. <laughs> we need numbers. We need bodies. As, as as Cal said before, Aaron Ross as well, you know, our bench our bench is looking is 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 shambolic at best. Even if we get bodies in that, you know, that don't immediately make our starting eleven, any of these names that are banded around have got to be a good thing because we're gonna lose. You know, we're probably going to lose four, five, six players that, you know, squad players. They need replacing immediately. So whether whether it's, I don't think there's too much room for players coming straight into our starting eleven. really, apart from, you know, rotating up top. I don't think there's much, you know, there's much need. Maybe, apart, you know, we've got uh, Canate and, you know, there's, there's a centre-back issue. But apart from that, I don't really see anyone coming straight in. I mean, do you? No, no, 
there's there's eleven players there. I think Liverpool's best team is pretty much set. And the question mark, as you're right, is over the defenders. And does Canate come in alongside Virgil Van Dijk? Is there anyone there, Ross? Maybe that you think differently, or what would you feel about the Kingsley Coman stuff? Um, I've seen rumours this morning that buy one hundred million pound for him. So that straight away that can get in the bin. Like I like I love the player, but again, I said last week, we have to be careful with funds, especially this year. Like we, we know we were self buyers, which is. We don't like that and we can't be Man City or Chelsea or whatever, but I think you've got to be sensible in what you do. I think there's other areas for me, I know I mentioned before, you've got Harvey Elliott, you've got Jotty, you've got the front three. Like if Nico Williams goes, like the right back concerns me. The midfield a little bit concerns me as well because you can ask Thiago Fabinho and Henson to go, but they've all got their own injury records in their own right. That doesn't fill me with loads of confidence that we can go a full season with them every week. What does Chamberlain do? What does, do? What does Kater do? I don't have loads of confidence in them. So I, I, my, my priority would be a central midfielder in, in what we get this summer. You know, a, a, another forward player would be a luxury. Um, but we're going to ship, ship bodies out, as James has said. Who's, who's playing that midfield? Because our games are won and lost in our midfield. And we, you know, we've seen that last season. We're putting just people in there for the sake of making up numbers. James James Milner, 36 years old. Love him, but changing for a, you know, a Premier League title. It shouldn't be him. Curtis Jones, kid. Love him. Play more games next season, but don't rely on him. You, you made me feel really bad about it all then, Ross, to be honest with you. You basically <laughs> said there's holes all over the frigging squad. And what I'm going to try and flip it on its head is, for once, we're not talking about holes in the first team. We're talking yeah. about holes in the squad, which mm. is a great situation to be in, is the is the flip side of that coin, isn't it, Callum? Yeah, I agree. I think the only position we could, and this, this hurts me to say it, um, is Bobby. He's going to say the number nine. Yeah, I, I love Bobby to bits. Everyone knows this, but I, I do want just a supreme killer in front of goal now. Someone who looks at the goalkeeper and just looks through him and says, you are not going to save this. And I'd love Bobby to be pushed back into the 10, um, but I don't know if Klopp will go for a 4-2-3-1 or 4-3-3 or just have a rotation between the two. But if I could pick one position on the pitch where I'd want to upgrade, it's, it's Bobby's position. I'd want to... I'd want a killer in front of goal now, an out-and-out striker. And I think that would actually help Mane and Salah because it would relieve some of the pressure on them. And I think they could play more of their natural games as well. Is there anyone in the Euros that caught your eye in that role? Oh, Isak from, um, from Sweden. I think he's very dynamic. He's tall and powerful, which is, again, something we don't really have up top. We don't have that player who can really hold up the ball as such and really bully defenders like Bobby's technique and skill is, is quality but we don't really have anyone that can really occupy two centre-backs as such and leave Mane and Salah isolated with their full-backs so I think someone like him would do really well in our system the ultimate dream for me would be Haaland but I, that's not going to happen so no, it's not, isn't it? But I think Haaland's the one in it. I mean, I've, I've been saying this for, for for weeks and weeks now. Him and Mbappe are the, the yeah. biggest dead set I've ever seen in football yeah. as far as transfers go. Barring injury, they're just dead sets. You can spend 100 million, you know, you're going to be absolutely laughing with them. Mm-hmm. And, this, the, the, you know, the Premier League and, and every league around Europe is littered with players that should have been dead set, but they weren't. The biggest one for me is one of my favourite players of all time before he went to Manchester United was Sebastian Veron. And oh. I, I Sebastian Veron. So and I just thought he was gonna light the Premier League up and he wasn't and he didn't. And it, you know, I remember watching him at Palmer and he was just mm. unbelievable. And he comes to United and there's nothing there. And you know, so Chef Shenko in that as well. 
God, yeah, Shevchenko, yeah. exactly yeah, the same. I mean, yeah. you know, maybe he was a little bit longer in the two Shevchenko. I haven't played for so long for AC Milan, but still should have, Ross is right, still should have absolutely dominated. Whereas Haaland and Bappe, the age that they are, they should be coming in and lighting it up. Let's talk a little bit about the Euros then, James. I mean, for a start, last night's games was real football. like, And it was brilliant, wasn't it? Yeah, it was incredible. I mean, you think, you know, you think you've seen, you know, one of the best European games ever. And then, you know, the France game comes on and is even better. I mean, got you know from the neutral, just goals and 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 drama and and I thought all four teams. I thought you know, you, you, I don't think you could particularly criticise any of the four teams. I mean, obviously, you know, France going out is probably you know a bit of an a bit of an underachievement. Um, but I thought I thought Croatia were great last night for the for for huge parts of the first half and 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 to get back into the game as well. I thought was you know testament to them. Um, I thought, you know, Spain. I think, you know, they they look they look the real deal. Um, you know, I think I don't think they've I don't think they've hit their you know their their stride yet. Um, and I, but you know to see Kylian Mbappe miss that penalty. I mean, my God. I mean, it was proper heart and mouth stuff. I knew I, I I had a feeling when it when it had gone through all the penalties. I just had, you just had that feeling like, oh no, it's good. You know, it's this is going to happen. You know, you, you suddenly suddenly Kylian Kylian Mbappe becomes a kid. You see, you know, it's all of a sudden you're seeing a, a, a really young player taking, a, you know, the most important penalty for his country in a European last 16. And all of a sudden you just think, man, you know, he hasn't he hasn't got that experience yet. He hasn't got that, you know, he, yes, yes, he's of course, he's won a World Cup, he's the youngest player to you know, score in a World Cup and all that, et cetera. But, he, but, but that, that, you know, those years of experience that come with that, he just hasn't got that. And I just, yeah. Broke my heart, man. Yeah. Come, we'll look after you, Killian. Come over. Watch. It was tough to watch. It, it was, was really well, tough to we watch. Well, Carl's got the fiesta revved and ready to yeah. go. Like, you know what <laughs> I mean? He'll be on the tunnel and he doesn't mind isolating for you, Killian. He will not mind isolating <laughs> coming back for you at all, my friends. We're here. We're waiting for you. We love you. And we want you to be a Liverpool striker because um, Carl hates Bobby Firmino now, apparently. <laughs> um, <laughs> <laughs> thrown, you on, thrown you under the bus. But can I just say, I, I mean, I had that same feeling about Mbappe but then I, equally I in my head write a story why every player is going to miss the, am I the only person that does that that will literally come with a narrative of why they're going to miss oh he doesn't look comfortable oh those shorts look tight oh he's going to sky this one over the bar what kind of run up is that back. exactly <laughs> am I the only one that does it every player I write a narrative of how they're going to miss because we love drama Chris that's what, that's what it is it's true like so uh, did anyone think Mbappe was going to score no, exactly. I thought, I, 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 well, I, yeah, because you, you think he's prolific when you when you say Mbappe. One of the things you do is like he's clinic, he's a clinical finisher, isn't he? And then you know I think it's sw- yeah Switzerland had already missed the penalty. And when we come back to what you were saying then, I think he was, a, he was either centre half or he was a right back or something. And when you look at someone's run up and you go, why is centre back taking a penalty? Like and Shakir who's five yards behind him as well. By the way, like why why was he not on it? I thought he was going to miss and he, and he did. But Mbappe, and I thought nah. Said to James before, like put your ass on Mbappe, score on a penalty. Yeah, it's a, it was a, it was a mad game of football. Made all the better for the greatest commentary. Genius, oh, by the way, oh. I mean, I was saying this in the office upstairs. Like, I mean, everyone's fallen in love with Ali McLeish. But do you remember that when he was on Question of Sport? He was on Question of Sport for like yeah. a decade. Like he sh- and he was brilliant. Like absolutely superb. Knew knew it. He should commentate every it's, sport. It's the two of them together, though. It's the the two of them together. Just they just they, there's, there's just a real kind of there's just a real warmth there. You can tell they really enjoy each other 
other's company. I think last, I think, I think Clive says last night when they were during the penalties, he says, you know, I, I've never, I've never taken an important penalty, you know, in my life. Whereas you've taken plenty, and it's just there's just a nice kind of energy between them that's really, really good to, to hear and to, and to watch. They're brilliant. They are great. They, 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 they should be the commentators for ITV on the final, but I don't think they are. Are they, Rush? No, I think I think it's Sam Matterface and McCoyster, which are their number one. But I think I saw Cyborg just tweeting about it a couple of weeks ago was the, the Clive Tilbury stuff, where it's a nostalgia thing because, you know, growing up in, in, in the noughties when ITV had Champions League football, it was always mm-hmm. Clive Tilsley. So you kind of grown up with him and talking about the warmth of change there. But I think they just love what they do. You know, they, they love what they do, they research it and, they, and they're good at it. So, like, as a neutral, when we're watching football, I think it's difficult for some of us because you're invested in football or, you know, Chris, for you, you've not listened to commentary because you've been doing it yourself. But to sit and watch a game of football, as good as it was last night, those two games, but with commentators who enjoy what they do, it adds to it all, doesn't it? And your enjoyment of football, fans being back in stadiums, is another one. We're seeing great football. We're seeing good officials that aren't taking three days to do a VAR thing. There's no, mm-hmm. no drama. It's not been one game that I've seen, I've not seen loads of games, where someone's kicking off about a VR decision. It's been great football, but people enjoy themselves. Fans are coming back. Great commentary. It's, you know, it all adds to it. And, you know, it's not Liverpool losing games of football. It's not to like. It's always a good thing that calibre, isn't it? I mean, what 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 is it that you love about Ali McLeish then? Everything. I, I as we see that it's so <laughs> last <laughs> last season they were he was doing the His games smile. on Amazon Prime, wasn't he? And I was just yeah. like, let him just do Sky Sports and BT Sport because what it is with Ali McCoy is he seems like one of those um commentators who has no bias or agendas. So he just calls it as he sees it. He doesn't seem to have like any sort of hidden motives or he, he doesn't dislike a player for whatever reason. He just calls it as he see it, sees it. And he genuinely seems like he's a fan watching the game. Mm. So he's much more relatable than the others who, they. it seems like a job to the other guys. It just, just is like, all right, yep, I've got to go and do this today. Whereas Ali McCoy is like, oh, I'm, I'm commentating this game. Yep, I'm in, I'm in. Whereas the others are just like, yeah, cool. Just make sure my check's in the bank and I'll do it. So he's just, he's just brilliant. It's his, I love McCoy. It's his, his personality, I think, because Carl's right. He did the Scotland game against Croatia. And like Modric scores that absolute pearl of a goal with the outside of his boot. Yeah. And you can get some commentators that'd be like, this is a bit disappointed. And then of course, just like, oh my God, what a, what a goal that was. Like, you know, the replays, like, oh, I'll get the angle on that. And you're thinking, he's a fan. And I think, yeah. I think with, with Sky Sports and some other channels, you can be saturated to like, show the personality <laughs> where. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly that. Where, you know, his personality comes through. That's that's what the best the best thing about it. He's enjoying himself. So therefore, yeah, we are. It is. It's it's that love for the game. It's how he doesn't like just play the narrative of blaming people all the time. Like you know, and, and we all do this as fans because we're taught to do this because Sky analyse everything to the friggin' nth degree, and there's always someone to blame. But he always sort of takes the players' side on things, doesn't he? And he's like, yeah, but it was also brilliant by that guy, so don't take it away from him, type of thing. I just love the. It's a, it's a really refreshing outlook on commentary in this country and he, him and him and Clive Tildesley have been absolutely superb um, guys that has been the Red Men TV podcast but before we go I just want to say thank you first of all to Ashley Frith who sent in a super chat 10 quid uh, who says for the last time I want to say amazing work for all the Hendo interviews and episodes world class work quick question if Liverpool could only sign one player and it has to be realistic who would it be one player realistic Callum you first Chris Coming to me first. Um, <laughs> one player, Rafinha. Rafinha leads. Okay, nice. Like it. Like it. Good player. Rush. Mbappe. 
Grow up. <laughs> I I will take um, Renato Sanchez. Ooh. I'll get on that bandwagon. Yeah. Sanchez or John McGinn. John McGinn's a realistic one. Yeah, He's John McGinn's player. realistic. I think the I think the price is probably something we could we could get, and I think with a bit of coaching, a few clop hugs, sky's the limit. I like that as a shout. Um, I think I, I, listen. I think Liverpool. If Liverpool can't <clears> sign Jack Grealish, what are we in it for? Yeah. Like we're one of the best clubs in the world. If that's not a realistic signing, like the money might be slightly tough for us or something like that. I don't think Mbappe's unrealistic either. But Grealish is some friggin' player, man. Yeah, him getting free kicks all day, every day, and Virgil Van Dijk knocking them in for fun. I'd have a little bit of Jack Grealish myself, like. Um, and before we go, then do check out this. This is a, an exclusive interview streaming now on the RedmenTV.com. It's Trent Alexander Arnold. It's about twenty minutes talking about his Liverpool. Career over the last few years. 15 minutes? 50. 50 minutes. 50 minutes of Trent Alexander Arnold holding an iPad and talking about his Liverpool <laughs> career. It's absolutely superb. Go and check it out. Here's a little clip and we'll see you all soon. Thanks for joining us, Tra. Um, I just remember like even being in like my room at like midday, half like one, and just thinking like in like nine hours I could my dream could be true. Uh, like I could be a, a Champions League winner, yeah. In like nine hours, this is this is mental, and like not being able to like nap. I was just there, just staring at the ceiling, just thinking, what can what can happen? And I think, I mean, as the first twenty twenty until Mo got injured, we were well in the game. I mean, I'm not blaming Mo's injury for the reason we lost, but uh, I think that was a big momentum changer for us. Um, and then yeah, second half. Everyone knows what happens there. Happen there, but um, it was it it was a good game. It taught us a lot of things, and I think um, we wouldn't be the team that we are today without that game. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.